you know, when you own your truth and you're clear with someone, there's always that risk. You're going to disappoint someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm so scared as a disappointer. But at the same time, I'm like, when you own your truth and you speak your truth, I also had to be ready for any consequences that came my way. And that could yeah. be Kelly, you're fired, you know, or it could have been, we, of course we can create something for you. You know, in my case, it was, she's like, no, I really need somebody on the road. So we're going to need to find a transition plan for you. And so then I had the choice. Do I want to take the brave leap to go out on my own and do coaching full time and start my practice? Or do I want to go back into corporate America and try to find a job that, you know, doesn't travel. And I went on some corporate interviews. And as I sat in those interviews, I just felt heavy and like a kind of a sense of dread. And in my stomach, it just kind of churned a little bit. And then when I thought about starting my own business, it scared the crap out of me, but it felt like, like this fizzy feeling, like almost like I couldn't help it. Like I was like making a website on the side. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood. Because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. On this week's episode, I am talking to Kelly Thompson. Kelly spelled the same way as mine, K-E-L-L-I. Just a rare, rare scenario to find the same spelling as mine. But anyways, Kelly is a leadership coach and speaker who helps women leaders advance with clarity and confidence so they can make impact in the rooms where decisions are being made. She's coached and trains hundreds of women to trust themselves, lead with more confidence, and create a career they love. She is the founder of the Clarity and Confidence Leadership Masterclass, a nationwide online leadership development program for women leaders. Kelly spent over 15 years in corporate America before taking the leap into entrepreneurship to start her own leadership coaching practice. She holds over 10 years of leadership experience for financial services and technology organizations. So I'm super excited to bring you this conversation with Kelly today. She is just an amazing coach, writer, and speaker. I had a really great time talking to her all things about following our inner guidance, our intuition, trusting ourselves as women, and making decisions that are ultimately going to lead us to our goals and dreams. So without further ado, let's get started on this conversation with Kelly Thompson. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you doing today? I am so happy to be here, Kelly. I get to meet another Kelly who spells her name right, so it's a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. I was so excited when I chatted with you over email and seeing you spelled it with an I. (laughs) Uh Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your background, and anything else you'd like to share? 
Yeah. A little bit about me, just my background. I grew up in Nebraska. I did the whole go to college, get a good, you know, secure job sort of thing. I worked in financial services for 12 years, really mostly in like the human resources training and marketing fields, worked in technology for a little while doing the same thing. And then also worked for an author actually, and did leadership development consulting. So I did like the whole corporate route and I did everything that, you know, you're supposed to do. You know, I went to college I got an MBA, I had my daughter, got married, and then I got divorced. It all started to unravel. And then it just ended with, you know, after being in corporate for over 15 years, I actually then took a big, huge, brave leap (laughs) and went out on my own. And now I am a leadership coach, primarily focused on women, a women's leadership coach, a speaker, and I just started writing my first book. I've been married to my husband, Jason, since 2018. And for all the moms out there who've ever struggled with infertility, I don't know how much we'll talk about it today, but I've been down that road too. So that's me in 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I actually have an MBA as well. Very cool. I came from that path too. So I know exactly what you're talking about there. (laughs) Yes, the path, checking all the boxes. Oh yeah, for sure. So tell me, Kelly, how did... Your 2020 into 2021 go for you and your family. What were your takeaways, like especially related to managing your career or your business and your family life? Well, if I had to sum it all up in one word, I was thinking about this the other day. I would call it grief. I started my business in 2019, got married in 2018, started my business in 2019. And as 2019 was going through, I'll just kind of start the whole setting up 2020 by, it was my first year in business and by myself. And I was really excited about it. I'm like, I feel some momentum going 2020 is going to be my year. I have a daughter. He does not have any kids of his own. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to have kids together. You know, we weren't getting pregnant at the end of 2019. We finally got some help and started to go through the IVF process. So again, I'm Mm -hmm. like 2020, I'm going to crush it. Not only am I going to get pregnant and pop out some babies, but like my business is going to be great. (laughs) And I just want y'all to know that none of that happened. 2020 hit and, you know, here I was planning to finally make in my business well over six figures close to what I was making when I left corporate. And in a period from March till about early May, I lost 90% of my income. Mm. And because you know what, I was working for a lot of organizations who had hired me out to coach their leaders. And so when they're laying off employees, naturally they're going to terminate contractor agreements, Mm -hmm. which they should, right? Don't fault them for that. But a lot of my revenue too was speaking and every speaking engagement was canceled. And so all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, this business that I've been building literally just crashed overnight. Mm -hmm. Glimmer of hope happened. My second IVF or cycle was successful, got pregnant, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately I miscarried shortly after that. It was my fourth one. And that summer, I'll be honest, it was a lot of just like slogging through. I wish I could tell you that like all this happened to me, that my business like totally took a dump and, you know, the IVF was not successful. Like I just crawled up on my couch and just had a pity party for like a week. You know, there's no one like easy way to get through just when crappy things happen to you. And I'm like, I just have to feel all this as, and as someone who is not a feeler and I'm pretty independent for me to even get in touch with my emotions was really hard. 
you know, and I even had to go and ask for unemployment assistance, which like never in my life, in my twenties, when I was checking all the boxes and going to school and getting the promotions, did I ever think that I would be on the unemployment website, you know, or asking for government assistance. It was just really hard grieving, you know, the loss of a family we thought we'd have being in lockdown, grieving family vacations, you know, grieving this business I thought I had built. There was definitely the connection with anybody else who's felt like 2020 was just one big grief fest. Like I feel you, you know, towards the end of 2020 though, it's, you know, you really kind of have to start to pivot. And I think what I learned from it all is that you can't always be attached to how you think things are going to work out. And sometimes when you lose everything, it opens you up to things that you're like, well, since literally things cannot get any worse, mm. why don't I just build the business I want to build? Yeah. You know, I was tired of actually working for corporations and just taking in anybody who needed coaching work with men, men and women. I really wanted to work with women. So I'm like, well, literally I cannot lose any more money. So I might as well just start like reshaping my business, building programs for women, coaching women, talking to women. And once I decided and got super clear and went all in, like everything flourished and it started to turn around. I wish I could say I had a better story for the IVF journey. You know, the IVF just never worked out for us. We couldn't get our second transfer to stick. But I would say all in all, if I had to sum up 2020 in that story, it was just one big grief roller coaster. And if I learned anything through it, it's like lowering my expectations, being open to what life has to give you Mm -hmm. and just being super clear about what you want. Because when you've lost everything, I'm like, well, I'm going to be clear about exactly what I do want. And I think when you're super clear, like the universe kind of conspires to help you along. So yeah, now my business is totally turned around. You know, my husband and I are, you know, kind of accepting that we're probably not going to have children of our own, you know, so that's where we're at. But, you know, I finally feel like there's some momentum again. So that's kind of my 2020 story. I love that so much. Obviously not your grief part. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that you had to go through those hard times with the IVF and all of that. That's super difficult. But I love your glimmer of hope from that story. And it truly gave me chills as I'm sitting here because it's so true. Like sometimes you just have to trust and let go of the outcome. I've actually been getting that message a lot lately. So that's why I feel like it deeply in my soul when you said that. Yeah. (laughs) So I just love that. It's still so hard, but when you do it, you see why you had to do it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so hard. I mean, I tell so many women and I kind of heard this from someone once, but I think sometimes we say we want clarity, but what we really are hoping for, like our ego is certainty. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have to be willing to let go of certainty that you can be so certain and be like, no, I am clear about who I am and what I want. And I can trust myself enough to like take a leap or make a choice and just have some faith in the universe that it's going to conspire to help me. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was always that person that wanted to know exactly like where I was going every single day and every single week and month. And like, where is my career going? What am I doing? I have to plan it out like two years in advance, five years in advance. So I was there too. (laughs) Right here with you. (laughs) Was there sort of like a defining moment? You touched on it a little bit, how you got into coaching Was there like a defining moment where you kind of sat and thought, this is really where the direction I do want to take my life. And I know for certain, like, I feel it in my soul, like, this is what I want to do. 
Yeah, it's actually kind of a funny story. So my last corporate job, I worked for an author, a leadership author. And so for about three years, I traveled around the country hosting leadership training and teaching her leadership philosophy. And in fact, my last two jobs had had a lot of travel. Well, that really wasn't a huge deal because my daughter was still young enough. Her dad and I were sharing custody. I could kind of, you know, travel when she was with her dad so she wouldn't know I was gone. And I loved my job. I loved working for her. I loved everything I did about it, but the travel was starting to wear on me. It became less predictable. And my daughter was getting to the age where I'm like, I'm going to start to miss things. Yeah. You know, she was getting involved. She was getting a little older where like the things that I would miss like mattered. It wasn't like I was just missing gymnastics practice. Right. You know, when they're five, you're missing real things. And I was just getting really burnt out from the travel. And I remember my husband and I at the time, this was 2018, we were trying to get pregnant and wasn't happening. And we got in the car one Sunday. I remember it was in the fall. It was September. because I, I remember the leaves were changing and we got in the car and I was just in a foul mood. Like the poor guy, like, you know, when you just get in those moods where you're like, I just can't even stand myself right now. And he's like, what is wrong with you? And I just started crying. And I'm like, I just don't know why I can't get pregnant because I just want to get pregnant so that I can take a maternity leave. Because if I can take a maternity leave, I won't have to travel anymore. (laughs) And he just started laughing. And he's like, oh my gosh do you realize that you are putting so much pressure on yourself just to get pregnant so you can take a maternity leave so you don't have to travel? Like maybe you need to start thinking of some things. So like back that up a little bit. I was traveling all over the country doing like this leadership consulting. And one of our clients had said, hey, can you work with our leaders one-to-one? And my boss was too busy. And she goes, hey, Kelly, you're going to take on this coaching project. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I I never coached. She was a therapist. She had therapy training. So I had never coached people. And I'm like, her name was Sai. And I'm like, Sai, I'm like, I got to go to coaching school or something because otherwise I'm going to be coaching (laughs) these people and I'm going to screw them up for life. So I enrolled in Martha Beck's Wayfinder life coach training program. Okay. And I really started to love it. And so as I was like loving all of this coaching and, you know, even though I was learning to be a coach, I was really the one getting coached. All this was happening with my travel dissatisfaction. And it just all came to a head that day where I was bawling because my pregnancy test was negative and I couldn't get into maternity leave to relieve me from travel. And so it all then bubbled up. Then I would say the rest of 2018, where I just recognized, like, I need to own the truth that my body is telling me something, something is out of alignment. And I got the courage to talk to my boss and just said, Hey, I'm so tired of traveling, you know, and I was open, you know, when you own your truth and you're clear with someone, there's always that risk. You're going to disappoint someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm so scared as a disappointer. But at the same time, I'm like, when you own your truth and you speak your truth, I also had to be ready for any consequences that came my way. And that could yeah. be Kelly, you're fired, you know, yeah. or it could have been, we, of course we can create something for you. You know, in my case, it was, she's like, no, I really need somebody on the road. So we're going to need to find a transition plan for you. And so then I had the choice. Do I want to take the brave leap to go out on my own and do coaching full time and start my practice? Or do I want to go back into corporate America and try to find a job that, you know, doesn't travel? And I went on some corporate interviews. And as I sat in those interviews, I just felt heavy and like a kind of a sense of dread. And in my stomach, it just kind of churned a little bit. And then when I thought about starting my own business, it scared the crap out of me, but it felt like, like this fizzy feeling, like almost like I couldn't help it. Like I was like, 
making a website on the side. Like, you know, it's all these little things. I, I'm so scared out of my mind, but I literally cannot help but be pulled like a magnet to this. And that's just how I knew. And my husband was so supportive. He's like, Kelly, if there's ever going to be a time that you're going to try this, like now is the time. So that's how I knew. I knew by wishing I could have a maternity leave to get me done with travel. I knew by the fact that I knew I had to speak the truth, even if it meant disappointing someone and owning the consequences. And I knew when I went on exploring the two paths, corporate or going on my own by listening to my body and what felt like peace and excitement and what felt like dread. Yeah, I can relate so much to that too. I feel like I have a very similar sort of experience in choosing the two paths. And like you said, it is very much just something that you kind of just know down deep inside that that's what you're, I mean, like you said, the peace and the excitement and Mm -hmm. the possibilities when Mm -hmm. you're thinking about which way you want to go. And I kind of look back and I'm like, why did I try to like climb that corporate ladder for so long when it was basically like battling uphill. And it was like, it wasn't really, it wasn't something that was really going to make me happy in the end. Now I realize that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I think we just kind of, as women, sometimes there's just some messages that we buy into that, you know, fairly are, have things that have been told to men, like get a secure job, get paid every two weeks, go to school, apply for promotions, move up the ladder, and then you'll be happy. Right. And I think we really have to question sometimes those messages that we've been told. For sure. Yeah, I feel that so much. What would you say is your favorite part of working as a coach? I love getting emails from clients that say things like, oh my gosh, I finally got the courage to talk to my boss about that promotion I've been wanting and I got it or the project I wanted to be put on. The best email that I've gotten lately is a client who sent me one that said, I finally broke the golden handcuffs. Like I got a brand new job that I absolutely love and it's in line with my values and I'm not going to be working like crazy. Yeah. Like, I love those emails. And sometimes it's just, I got an email today from a client that said in the last week, I've really set some boundaries and I've told some people no, and I had a lot of courage and I feel so good. You know, and so that's my favorite part. It's like working with people to help them just recognize that maybe so many of the messages that we've believed just aren't true. And when we can kind of like stop believing those, especially as women and like stand in our own truth, have -hmm. the courage to speak up and do the things like it brings so much joy, so much peace. So yeah, ultimately like when they get promoted or they speak up and they say their truth or they change jobs and they're loving it, like that's like my best day as a coach. I love that so much because sometimes you're kind of like, you're just scared to say what you truly want to say. And I know I was in that scenario a lot in my past career and you just kind of just sit with that dread for a long time. But once you finally like put it out there and say it, it's like, okay, it's out there now, you know, whatever outcome that's going to happen is meant to be right. Yep. Lies are heavy. And you know, a lot of people think, well, I'm not lying. You're right. You're not outwardly lying to someone else. I think sometimes we lie to ourselves. Yeah. Thinking that like, well, I can't say that I'm not important enough. I don't have a voice. You know, the needs that I want to really matter. Like those are just lies. They're heavy. They're so heavy. Yeah, for sure. So what are some tools that you often give to women to encourage them to speak up more at work? 
You know, I think the first thing I give them three tools. So I have a, a, an advocacy model. And what I say is it is comprised of authenticity, alignment, and action. So I'll just start at the front. The first one is authenticity. I would never want someone to feel like they have to speak up at work and not be who they are or think they have to show up in a certain way. So the way that I have women go through this, and I'll just, if you're a listener, I want you to just think about something that you want to speak up about at work. It could be asking for a raise. It could be talking to your boss about return to work boundaries, right? Like, okay, how am I going to have this conversation? It can be your spouse, right? So I ask them to think about authenticity. Ask yourself the question, what do I know for sure about me? Like think about in that meeting or in that conversation, like what unique value do you bring? Like, what are you there to stand for? I always say, just pretend like Oprah's sitting next to you on Super Soul Sunday, like she does. <laughs> and she says to you, Kelly, what do you know for sure? You know, she asks every guest, what do you know for sure? Like, what do you know for sure about you? What value do you bring? What do you stand for? What are you here to represent? Who are you here to advocate for? So authenticity, first and foremost. The second one is alignment. What are your values? And if you're not sure what your values are, I would ask you, what are three words that describe how you want this person or this room or this group to feel when you speak up? Mm -hmm. So advocating in alignment with your values kind of gives you like some guardrails on what to say. So for example, you might be thinking, okay, I want to talk to my boss about returning to work. And what do I know for sure about me? I'm independent, I'm productive, and I'm flexible. And the, the stats show in the last few months that I've been able to get an incredible amount of work done and bring revenue into the company. And I've done it from home. I can do this. That's what I know for sure about me. Mm -hmm. I'm capable. Second question, how do I want my boss to feel when I have this conversation? How would I speak in alignment with my values? Well, I want my boss to feel confident in my abilities, encouraged and maybe reassured. Okay, well, how would I have this conversation with him or her making them feel those three things? What would I say? And like, actually write it out. Like, what would I say? How would I approach it? How would I set it up? What would I set up the meeting? So I want you to start thinking about that because then you're going to show up in a way that feels in alignment with your truth. And then the third one is action. So how am I acting on what is mine to do? And I think that this one is so important because we can get really in our heads about Okay, what do I offer? How do I want them to feel? What do I offer? I mean, then we get stuck there. But at some point you have to say, how am I acting on what is mine to do? And not everything is mine to do, right? We don't need to like boil the whole ocean. Like what's the one conversation that you need to have today? Don't get caught up in the five ones you need to have tomorrow, but today, how am I acting on what is mine to do today? Mm -hmm. And I even use that when I think about speaking up on social media or asking for what I need, like I walk myself through that and I just write it out. I just grab my journal and I just say, okay, here's how I would do that. So that's great. Yeah. And I think women can use that in so many different ways, not just in a corporate job. I think that whole framework that you just described, I mean, you can use it, like you said, on your social media or if you're planning in your business or in any of number of ways. Totally. You can use it with your spouse or your family, right? Yes. Like anytime you need to speak up and set a boundary, this is just a great little thing to think about. Yeah, definitely. And Kelly, can you talk a little bit about finding the courage to trust in yourself and to like truly act on your instincts mm -hmm. instead of just kind of like we discussed earlier, like pushing them down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think these are always best told with a story. So yeah, the first time I felt like I truly 
listen to myself a little bit was when I left a corporate job that I was in for about 12 years. Because every day I showed up to work and you said it, I felt like I was pushing things uphill and I was just tired. And I got really clear about what my values were. Like, what do I value in a job? And is this role offering this to me or not? And when I got really clear about one, my unique talents, am I using them here? Two, what are my career values? How do I want to work, right? How do I actually want to show up and like behave at work? And are they in alignment with what this organization offers? Mm -hmm. I found a new job that was much more in alignment with them. And I was really happy there, really, really happy there. And I think that was the first like kind of little stroke of courage, like, oh, like being in alignment with your values matters. It feels good. At the same time, I had divorced my husband a few years earlier and I was in another relationship and I was just like forcing it so hard to make it work because on paper, everything looked good, but something just wasn't right. And we were actually engaged to be married, but I just had this like this voice. And it was even from the beginning that was just like, this is just not right. It just doesn't feel good. It's not easy. It doesn't go and flow, but I just would overwrite it. Oh, Kelly, stop it. You know what? Nothing is perfect. No relationships are perfect, but there was just always like this nudging and this still small voice. And it all came to a head. I was actually talking to one of my team members at this new job that I took. And I was just wrestling on if I should continue to go through with the wedding. and. That's a big decision. I mean, I think a lot of women probably have been on the end of a really big decision right that, like where you're like, if I speak my truth, this is going to have some really big consequences that I'm going to have to own. And, you know, I think a lot of times, and again, having married ones, I think it's really easy just to like not have the conversation because you don't want to upset someone. I'm just going to kind of just stuff it down, deny my own needs. It'll be okay. I kind of prided myself on how much I could tolerate, like, oh, I can tolerate a lot. So this will be okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just wrestling with this and we were in counseling and it wasn't working. And I remember my colleague looked at me and she said, Kelly, God is not the author of chaos. He mm-hmm. is the author of peace. And like in that moment, I knew exactly what I had to do because my whole life, the previous five years, actually the previous, however many years in relationships had been chaos. And she was like, you have to do what feels like peace. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like trusting my still small voice, my intuition felt like peace. And what felt like peace to me was actually imagining my future without this person. I talked about it when I was starting my coaching practice, imagining my future as a business owner and not an employee felt like peace. There's a lot of nervousness, but it felt like peace. Yeah. And just like your intuition, your still small voice, like it's a nudge. It's never urgent. It doesn't feel fearful. So how did I get the courage to trust it? I think at that point I had made enough small decisions in alignment with my intuition where I was just like, I know that listening to my intuition pays off for me. And so I was like, I need to stand in my truth, have the courage. I know I'm going to upset someone, but I'm okay with the consequences. And so I had the conversation and, you know, was single for a while, met my amazing husband. He's so awesome. But yeah, it's just having the courage that your intuition knows her shit. Your body is (laughs) I tell that to so many women. I'm like, I know the diet industry and our entire lives and clothing would tell us that we can't trust our bodies. Our bodies aren't perfect, but your body is trustworthy. Like your intuition knows her shit. For sure. Yeah. And when you just start listening to it, you'll Mm -hmm. be amazed at how your life unfolds then. It's indescribable. Like I just really started, really start listening to my intuition after I left corporate pretty much. 
And because I had let go of a lot of the negativity that was associated with my job. And so when I could just really, truly listen to my inner self, it just changes everything. It does. You're so right. And I think you kind of hit on something that I tell a lot of women. And that is like, well, I'm just, I can't hear anything. How do I find that? I don't know what I want. Like, how do you even, how do you even hear your still small voice, your intuition? And so like what I often tell women who are just really lost and don't even know, and this is what I had to do, to be honest. I sat at my kitchen table in tears one day because I was so lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I hated my job. I knew my relationship wasn't right. I just sat down and made a list of everything I didn't want. Just like make a list. Okay. I don't know what I want, but here's what I know I don't want. (laughs) And here's what I know I don't value. And I want you to just start saying no to that. And sometimes when you can start to clear that energy out of your life, set boundaries, declutter, detox, yeah, it becomes a little, you create a little more space and freedom to be like, Ooh, well, this feels good. I like this, you know? So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, definitely. I love that you said that. And I was actually going to bring that up next, sort of like with moms struggling with their own confidence, with trusting themselves and sort of struggling with trusting that intuition, what advice would you give to them just to kind of take the next steps? They don't have to like figure the whole thing out right now, but just like take a few baby steps. Yeah. So when I'm talking with moms a lot and hey, I'm like guilty party number one. Okay. Like guilty table for one. I think sometimes when we have kids, we just drop all of the routines that we had that we took care of ourselves or trusted ourselves. I would say the number one thing that I started that helped me just reconnect with myself because moms, you guys get this is I have like non-negotiable morning time for myself. Like I had to start saying, okay, even if I only get up 20 minutes before other people in my household, like I need that time to just check in and tune in and be like, what's not working? Where do I need to set a boundary? What's dragging me down? What do I need to get rid of? And a really hard thing for me to do, because I'm super independent, is like, where do I need to ask for help or outsource something? Because it's just sucking the life out of me. Yeah. And that's just that morning time was, I would say, my very, very first introduction into reclaiming and even like leaving space for what my intuition was telling me. Mm -hmm. Had I not made that morning time, like, I don't think there's any way I could have done that. And some people just want space to like think and do nothing and drink their coffee. And that's fine. Yeah. Other people want a prompted or guided journal or like a devotional. That's fine. Some people just want to, you know, sit on the porch. That's fine. It doesn't matter, you know, whatever that looks like for you, but have time where you can just sit and reflect and ask yourself, what do I need? How do I feel? What do I think? What's mine to do today? Like just little things. And I think that will help. Yeah. That's so funny that you brought that up. I actually have a free challenge for moms where I actually have them go through and create like their non-negotiable plan. (laughs) Good. You have to, it's so easy to let your little people just like, you know, yeah, it is so easy. So definitely like, yeah, I always suggest that to moms, even Mm -hmm. if it's five minutes, like you said, with a cup of coffee to yourself that triggers something mentally where if you skip it or you don't do it, you feel a difference. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. So is there any other advice you'd like to give to moms before we kind of switch and ask you a few questions just about what you're working on in your business and things like that? You know, 
number one thing I give advice to all women is your body is trustworthy. Remember that there's a lot of messaging out there that says that it's not, but so much wisdom as a mom, moms, you know, this, you know, what your intuition feels like. It's the intuition that says, you know what? My doctor says everything is fine, but I'm going to call one more time. It's the intuition. When you look at your kid and you're like, something's not right. Like you have that intuition and you know what that feels like, but you also have to trust that for yourself. Like your body is trustworthy. And like you were somebody before you were a mom, you deserve to have a life. You deserve to set boundaries. It is okay to do things for yourself because you may be telling your kids one thing, but your kids are always watching you. And so they're going to see you as someone who takes great care of herself, who stands up for herself, who articulates her needs or someone who doesn't, you know, they're always watching and there's always room to do both. It's always a both and right. I can take care of myself. And also because I take great care of myself, I have wonderful energy for my kids too. So totally agree with that. Yeah. If you don't take care of yourself first, then chances are you're not going to be able to show up for everyone else in your life. Totally agree. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm just going to ask you a couple of, it's sort of like a lightning round questions, get to know you better. And it's actually really funny because when you started talking about the non-negotiable question, I actually have a question like that. Yeah, let's do it. I'll I'll talk about all my (laughs) non-negotiables. So what is your favorite non-negotiable practice that you must do every single day, no matter what? No matter what. Okay. So when I met my now husband, I told him, I said, one of the things that you just need to know about me that I will not change when you and I get married is that every morning I have to do two things. I need about 45 minutes of alone time. And I told him, I go, if I don't have my 45 minutes of alone time, I am not fit for human consumption. And I'm like, and the (laughs) other thing that I need is I have to work out in the morning. Like if I don't move my body, like I am just not happy. And this is something I started. So talk about like, just not being fit for your humans in your life. Yeah, It was about 2008. I think my daughter was three and I just felt like crap and I was cranky and I was short and I'm just like, Oh, like I'm not even taking that good care of myself. And so I remember just one day I decided like, I have to get back to just exercising. It doesn't have to be anything perfect or sexy, but I have to exercise. And the only way I could fit it in was in the morning before life places demands. And so I've always noticed if I don't work out in the morning, it doesn't happen. And if I don't work out in the morning, like I'm just not as smooth. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. I think I was just frank. And I told somebody once, I'm like, when I work out in the morning, I'm just less of an asshole. So I need my own time and I need to move my body. So those are my non-negotiables. I and nobody can, messes with them. I can totally relate to that. Like a hundred percent. And yeah, I had like a similar defining moment. And I think my daughter was around three. I think it's sometimes as moms, we just sort of you know, we have a kid and then we just push everything aside for a few years. And I really want to help other moms not do that because it's not healthy for you. Totally. I agree. So what would be your favorite sort of like working mom hack to get you through a hectic or difficult day? Mm -hmm. So honestly asking for help. And that's so like, that's so trite, but really though, it's not like to get through, like when I have a really busy day, I actually like am always looking at my days in advance and I'll sit down with my husband and be like, listen, tomorrow I've got like four clients plus this, plus all this. 
I could really use your help getting my daughter to work because she's 15. She has a job now. So, which also means now we are the shuttle driver, you know, and it's just asking for that help. And sometimes help doesn't even need to come within your family. I mean, like my daughter, knows she's known how to do her laundry since the time she could reach the, I almost said dishwasher, um, <laughs> from the washer knobs. You know what I mean? And so it's like not only making sure your kids are pulling their weight, but your spouse. But before I met my husband, when I was on my own, I had no shame in outsourcing things. Like I would look at my schedule and be like, I do not have to do all of this. Like I'm going to go find a high schooler to mow my lawn. Yeah. Like I'm going to go find some pre-made meals this week because I am just going to be too torched to cook. Like that's okay. Like you don't have to be the Pinterest perfect, always the shuttle, always cooking, always doing all the things like outsource or just be like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I don't care if my house is a little bit messy. Like it's just not happening today. And that's okay. For sure. It's definitely okay. And yeah, I think a lot of Moms just feel like, you know, if one thing is off, then it kind of throws everything off. But like sort of learning to just let go of the little things, I think, has been so key for me in Mm -hmm. making me overall happier, too. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So right. So, Kelly, do you have any favorite podcasts you listen to, favorite authors that have really influenced you or anyone else that you want to mention? Yeah. So podcasts, I love me some podcasts. I always listen to them when I'm working out. The podcasts that I never miss, there's a few of them. One, I love Rich Coach Club by Susan Hyatt. So for, you know, it's targeted towards coaches, but what I have so many of my corporate women friends who love it too, because honestly, it's about female empowerment. It's about showing up, being courageous, asking for what you need. So whether you're on your own or not, I love it. I love Hello 7 by Rachel Rogers. Again, it's all about women stepping in and claiming their power, asking for what they need. And just talking that like having money and talking about money and having wealth is normal and it's okay. And it's safe for women. I love that. I am certified in the Enneagram. All my clients do the Enneagram. And so I love the typology podcast. I always listen to that because I always love, you know, learning about other, you know, Enneagram types in terms of authors. I love Brene Brown. I love Dan Pink. I love anything by Liz Gilbert. I just love the way that she writes. I'm an avid book reader. So I'm like looking (laughs) around my room and I'm like, I can't just pick one. But like, those are lots of the people that I love to follow. So I love that. Yeah. And have you read Rachel Rogers' new book? I know she came out with a book. I have it right here. I I haven't cracked it yet, but no, she just came up with the new one. But yeah, I'm so excited sitting next to me. And I I have to pick that one up. Yeah. Yes. I can't (laughs) wait. I love her. So what are you currently working on in your business that you're most excited about? Anything like any programs up and coming or anything you can share with the listeners? Yeah. So I just twice a year, I offer a women's leadership program called the Clarity and Confidence Leadership Program. Just closed my spring one and I'm revamping my fall one. I've never really added any work into that, but I'm thinking about it. So I have like a bunch of meetings with other women to see how I want to kind of continue to build that program. You know, it's really meant to help women do all the things we just talked about, especially in corporate, although I do work with entrepreneurs too. And I just started writing my very first book. It's temporarily called The Clarity Effect. And so I have all the imposter syndrome, nerves, you know, crazy mind trash around that, but I'm also really excited. So yeah, those are two things that I'm working on that I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, that's awesome. 
I have a dream to write a book one day. I'm just looking for the clarity to do it, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So like I've wanted to write a book since I was little. And so I'm like, I have to stop putting this off because it's yeah. never going to come. Like I just got to do it. So that sounds amazing though. And yeah, I want to get deeper into the Enneagram uh, work. I know my type, but I haven't like gotten too deep into it, but I'm super interested in learning more about that. What's your number? Four. Four. I'm a five. So. Okay. So all the people listening can go Google that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Kelly, where can we find you online? Where do you hang out the most often? And all of those good things. So you can find me online at kellyraythompson.com. And you know, I spell my name right. It's Kelly with an I. So Kelly with I, R-A-E-Thompson.com. All my programs are there. The places that you'll find me the most is I do love LinkedIn. So if you're linked in, you can connect with me, Kelly Thompson. Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm at Kelly Ray Thompson. And then I have a Facebook group too. It's a free Facebook group. It's the career clarity and confidence Facebook group. And I'm always live in there every Tuesday. And we talk about all sorts of fun stuff, kind of like we talked about today. So awesome. Yeah, definitely. Everyone listening, go check out Kelly everywhere. I think you get a lot of value out of everything she offers. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. Oh, of course. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would wouldn't have the podcast. So thank you so much.